ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the... So we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. That was a fast one. Um, Thank you. Welcome to the show. My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. And we are two entertainers currently out of work due to the pandemic. Just chatting about anything that comes to our mind with the help of a random word generator. Speaking of which... Shall we get it started? Let's get some inspiration. Random, random, random random word generator. So musical. The word is evoke. Evoke. Wow. We've just done a a whole podcast on the word artist. And uh, we were talking about evoking emotion. Yeah. It's funny, huh? Yeah. I, f- I feel like the random word generator is just on a certain theme. It's feeling a certain thing today. It is, obviously. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we random again. It's random again, just because we've just done one. I'm just going to click up five billion times and then just stop on one as I close my eyes. Tell me when. Stop. Bronze. Bronze. Like the Bronze Age? I know nothing about the Bronze Age. There was bronze involved. Well, you think there was. I presume. Well, more, uh, bronze coming third. That's, oh, that's, that's true. That's, yeah. Uh, anything that's famously come third, I don't know. <laughs> About not even like, not even second, but third. Yeah, I remember my brother telling me, because he was into cycling and he competed and stuff and was, you know, typical competitive person. Um, he one time told me like, oh, second place is, is just beat the first loser. And I was like, oh my gosh. To be fair, your your brother's a bit of a <laughs> interesting fellow. That's a good description. Just say that. <laughs> um, I don't have much inspiration from the word bronze. What does bronze make you think of? I keep thinking of those like, like breastplates that the warriors oh, of yeah. like Sparta and Greek mythology, which I know is um, something you love. I do love the Greek mythology. Mythologies. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's just it's such a good, such good stories. Yeah, they are. Um, Sparta. Yeah, well, they came out of the ground and they they grew. Did they? Yeah, I don't know the story. You know the story? No, I don't remember it very well. But it's um, oh, I hope I don't get this wrong. Um, it's okay, so we'll it's the you. story of Cadmus and Europa. So Cadmus. Uh, Cadmus, that's his name. Like Cadbury's. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm sure it has to do with cadmium, but... Uh. Um, so, uh, Cadmus... Uh, well, Europa had three brothers. Uh, one of them was Cadmus, and I don't remember... Unfortunately, I don't remember the other two, the name of them, but it's not relevant. Not the memorable, clearly. I hope I don't get all this. I could get these like multiple myths just merged here. We may have a completely new myth by the end of this. But <laughs> anyway, Europa um, was so beautiful. And of course, she gained the attentions of one particularly horny Greek god... Who would be <sighs> Zeus? Zeus. Oh, Zeus discovered that. Uh, yeah, and then the but he was he got yeah he's like yeah I want to uh, I want to um, do mm-hmm. the naughties with her, <laughs> but he couldn't do the naughties as himself because then Hera his wife would catch him, so he turned Europa into a heifer, into a cow. So a female cow. A okay. female cow. Uh, and then he descended as a bull and so on and so forth. Oh, that's why Europa always comes out with the bull. Like yeah, I've or seen images of her with a bull. Like yes, so she's 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 a she's a cow for the entire story. She is that uh, she has Europa has really nothing to do with. She's her the own victim, story. and she's the one being called a cow. Great, I, I, well, she is a cow, like an actual anatomical <laughs> cow. 
But the thing is, I don't remember if. Oh no. No, I think I'm wrong. Okay, so no, so because the, 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 there's two, there's multiple stories here involved. But the story of Europa. So, uh, what happens is Hera finds out that Zeus has been cheating with this girl called Europa. Um, and so what she does is in be- human format or in, in cow I think format? in human format. Okay, okay. Um, uh, but what she does is um, she transforms uh, Europa into. Uh, a cow. Oh. Uh, now that doesn't bother Zeus. He just turns himself, transforms himself into a bull. It's fine. Wow. But then what happens is uh, Hera has a, a plan to catch Zeus out to make him admit that he has been cheating on her, and so he he has this whole flock of like gorgeous cows that he loves. That, you know his his <laughs> beloved his own flock of beloved cows. Probably all the women that Hera has turned into cows. Possi- quite possibly. It's like if I could only turn them back into so, women, I'd have a great harem. So Hera um adds Europa to this this cow and says, uh my darling Zeus, uh I I feel like you've not been loving me enough recently. You should do something. Maybe you should sacrifice a cow for me. And he's like, okay, Uh-oh. well sure. We I can sacrifice a cow or whatever it was or I can make a cow for dinner. Um, and she goes, I want that one specifically. And she's pointing <laughs> at Europa. But um, Europa eventually, uh, well, well, Zeus knows it's Europa. She, he's aware of what's um. happening, so he won't do it. And so then Hera fight knows that and curses Europa to be a cow forevermore, I think. And to never be with her family. So uh, she disappears. She gets, I don't know where Zeus puts her, but she's put somewhere safe. Uh and basically, her three brothers in this meantime, uh, their their youngest, their the youngest, the sister, has disappeared, and they've pledged to f- spend their life searching for her. So anyway, they go off and do their separate things. Uh, eventually, basically, it comes to the part where they're like, okay, um, we're not going to succeed. And eventually, one, firstly, one brother gives up, and then another one gives up, and then Cadmus doesn't really give up. But that's why you remember his name. No, because he's the one who, in this. He he has many more stories. Oh, okay. But, uh, the other two. I think they do, but they come in like another. I don't know the the stories yet. Okay. So, um, uh, Cadmus is still roaming the earth when he meets his future wife, and kind of is convinced to stop a bit and settle down, and kind of still desperately looking for his his sister. Now, unfortunately, I don't remember what causes. Um, he's told by. I think he goes to see an oracle of some form. And there's that multiple there's multiple oracles and basically Delphi. Um, basically, they're also t- each of these oracles have has a fatal flaw. Um, oh. <laughs> so they'll always have a bit of the information, up, but not all of it. Okay. Um, which makes you think of something rotten again. But uh, anyway, um, he goes and sees this oracle, and the oracle says to him something along the lines of "You you basically uh, follow the cow until it drops dead." Oh, now what? I, um uh the, follow the like i, I don't know but there was something about this particular cow and, and she's like how the hell am i gonna know what to follow and, and where and it, he's like follow the, the cow until it drops dead and then build there and then eventually things right. will go so he follows uh, he somehow he so there's a story about him entering actually a, a competition he's a, he happens <laughs> to be a very good runner archer something something athletic and he enters uh he enters he goes into this competition with um uh, one of the kings and he he joins this competition and he wins and and as a reward um there wasn't much on i think he gets a laurel crown or something um and the the the, the he brings that the he goes i don't have much to offer but i have this cow and then the kind of Cadmus and his wife look at each other and are like hmm that seems appropriate 
So they're like, thank you very much. We'll be leaving immediately. Uh, Bye. And they take all their, their huge entourage as well, their whole staff. And then they just basically let the cow wander and they follow her. And when the cow uh, falls down, they uh, they build uh, or they sow seeds. I don't really think they sow seeds. Okay. And then these seeds grow into men. Right. So the, the, from the fertile, so they grow into these huge, terrifying men. Um, and what happens is uh, Cadmus then... Uh, when these men suddenly go, go, go out of nowhere, he's it, they won't do anything. Nothing happens. Um, uh, and then it's Cadmus until Cadmus takes charge and is like, "Okay, uh, you are my men. You would do as I say." And then they say something along the lines of, "We are Spartans." Okay. Um, and then immediately carnage ensues because all the Spartans turn on each other and st- there's like a hundred, like ah. hundreds of them, two hundred of them, I think. And they start fighting each other. Until only six remain. Right. And then these are the Spartan warriors. And they will serve Cadmus. And so that's how Spartan warriors him. No wonder Spartans are so like... Like l- later on you hear the stories of Spartans being like super like... War. Yeah, but they killed... And, but when that's 95% of them, yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, they're, they're basically the fiercest warriors in the land. N- no kidding. Yeah, like, true. We were bored. Now let's kill each other. Ha Exactly. Oh my God. <sighs> the Greeks. Okay. Yeah, you could be off guard there. I don't remember enough of these stories. <sighs> but I think that's the kind of general gist of it at least. Well, in any case, the idea of all these men kind of being born. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden somebody takes hold, control of me. And uh, I decide I will eliminate the competition. Yeah. It was basically to find out which one was, which was the strongest. So only the strongest remained. So they fought themselves until they, they'd killed. So clearly... You know, I guess being third place, you'd still make it in there. You bronze. would. So bronze would gold. make it in. So when then what would it be fourth, fifth, and sixth? <laughs> you're like, you're Spartan worthy. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You made the team. You made the team. You're the backup. But you won't make us any medals. No. Kind of thing. I don't think I've seen anything. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen... A TV program or a film based on Spartans? No. No. There's a famous movie called Spartans, I think. I have not seen uh, it. I think, is it Gerard Butler who plays him? Gerard. There's a lo- Gerard. Yeah. Make fun of me. Um, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of screaming. I th- feel Seems like that movie would have not been able to be have been done during COVID times. There would have been so much spittle. Oh, that would not going be around. There would have been like, there's just, we need to film you independently, like separately and with like a plastic guard between the back scenes crew and the actor. It would kind of take away from the Spartan look, wouldn't it? Yeah, they were all so fit. Well, I mean, that again makes sense. I mean, they were super fit. But I think they also put like makeup so that, you know, their abs look even more toned. Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to do that makeup, girl? Doing the oh boy, <laughs> I'd be like flex. Okay, no, no, keep it flex. <laughs> still, and then I could just imagine if you get a ticklish guy going, ha, 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 oh, yeah, stop be... it, stop it, moving. I just messed up with your abs. Exactly. <laughs> it's more of a triangle now. <laughs> Nobody said sexy men <laughs> have triangular abs. No, that's true. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is a thing. I I don't think so. I don't know enough about super fitness to know what your body looks like when you're super fit. That makes sense. What I just said, I'm sure I did someone, <laughs> some fit person listening to us. Okay, I'm trying to think of what else bronze makes me think of. 
Isn't there? No, oh, no, no. I don't Bronzer. Know. I was trying to think if there's a scene in Indiana Jones where they push over like a like a vat of boiling something metally things. Hmm, that was like probably tar. No, I it'll be like gold then probably. Ah, uh, the Midas touch. The Midas touch. Another, <laughs> another one. They don't have anything about silver. No. I don't know, because Argentus, that's also like a Greek word, so I feel like there must be a story. Oh, probably. I probably just don't remember it, or don't know it. Um, yeah, bronze, third place. What was a solid third place? Who was remembered for getting third place? Leonardo DiCaprio is always remembered for missing out on the Oscars. Oh, is he? Yeah. So he got one eventually, but it was becoming a running joke that he was always nominated and never got, never won it. <sighs> So I feel like he could be the, the, the eternal the, blo- the eternal blo- bronze. Blo- it's kind of like that expression: "Always the bridesmaid, never the bride." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen bridesmaids either. Uh, it was funny. Okay, well that was it's an overwhelming response. I I mean, yeah, comedy comedy is an interest. It's the irony of it all. Um, it's a solid bronze. A solid bronze. I don't know because I I remember looking forward to watching it and there are some funny things and uh sometimes i wonder if a lot of these like funny movies are really what happens that there's certain things that kind of stick in your head so for example when we watch oh, i forgot the name no not again <laughs> i would i'm gonna say sorry i'm just gonna run with, a joke here that with, you just can't remember names of things that that like date movie the one with uh the guy from the big sick oh uh yeah i don't remember that which i thought was kind of interesting i was like it felt like this was the the do more diverse cast version of date night that was with um tina fey and um steve carell which i haven't seen if i remember correctly but it's basically it's like a, a you know a good old-fashioned couple kind of trying to get on a Love date birds. night Lo- okay yeah lovebirds was the one that we watched um and i really enjoyed it. i mean i never thought it was like ha 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 breaking down laughing but i i found myself afterwards kind of like remembering certain parts of the movie and kind of laughing to myself yeah i'm probably to you as well because it was like the the face part your face um and i wonder if that's really what makes all these comedy movies kind of iconic is how relatable or how how much comeback does it have in your daily life afterwards oh it's like it's ability to become a meme or meme it's ability to become a meme yeah that's true because i remember when um well the scary movies came out um and they were like a big parody franchise of scary movies um i really enjoyed them but i got laughed a lot and I haven't, I haven't had that experience for a while. Like now, sometimes the, the funny movies just feel a bit like, I don't know. I feel like films have become kind of polarizing in the sense that they can only pick one emotion and they must stick to that. That's what I get the impression of. Either drama has become really dramatic, uh, horror has become terrifying, um, comedy has become kind of all about gags and not about story. Yeah, um, I, I guess that's the yeah. I feel that, that, that in that sense, it's kind of almost polarizing. It's like there is one emotion and that's what we're going for. And this is the genre we're picking and we're going with it. But then we're going all in. And I feel that there you lose to a certain extent. Also, for, in comedy, you lose kind of a little bit of the humor also because it doesn't travel so well. 
You know, hasn't you know, if it's not following you a story. You don't have diversity of emotions. Yeah. You, it's kind of like you can't appreciate happiness unless you're you're sad every once in a while. I guess. It's a... mm. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I think that's true for I think that, that works as a human. I don't think it's necessary for a film. No, sorry. I, I was talking about it as a human, not as a film. That is true. That is, that is true. But I mean, I kind of that that thing that you can't appreciate some like it doesn't pop as much if there's no contrast. It's just mm, ba- okay. basic, whether it's visual, whether it's it's in emotions or. Because yeah, I think you've like got kind of some of my favorite films from the last few years, and they all involve. I don't know whether it's necessarily a good storyline, but it, they involve a, an array of emotions that you have you have gone through. That you you know you feel sad with the characters, but you laugh at the characters. Like you feel a lot like they're a lot more human in that way. Yeah, you know if you can also if you can laugh, but you could also cry. You know that's that makes someone distinctly more human, like a character distinctly yeah. more human than if it's just you know all funny all the time. Yeah, all funny all the time. It's like you're forced to to be producing quote-unquote funny funny content and sometimes it just i feel like it misses the mark or like it's just tacky or it's just well it's uh, it's also it's not it never feels and i'm not one to to judge kind of uh, quality of humor but it it never feels clever you know if you watch a lot of kind of old funny movies there was a certain wit to them a certain cleverness to the way they did things which i feel has disappeared a little bit now that it's more a bit more also this is probably because i've watched a lot more american films recently than a bit more in your face yeah because when you say gags like i'm kind of referring back to what you had mentioned there's more gags what do you what do you mean by gags like punchlines and they they, they just don't fit in the narrative like no one would have said that like that Mm. naturalness of how dialogue would have gone like you would have probably had someone say something funny but i don't think it would have been said that way like it was just too in your face it was yeah it was, it it's was like here you will be fed a punchline no yeah it's no, like no yeah so sometimes when you have a conversation with a stand-up comedian but like in a person in your personal life and then it's kind of like it's just you can see them working out what they can say that would be funny but it's it doesn't feel natural yeah it doesn't feel that it's You're like i want to have wit. a conversation buddy <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like quick wit it just feels like it's placed mm yeah and i think that takes away from it as a whole yeah um, i feel like there's a word for it but um i can't think of it now but yeah it just feels like an artifice like artif- artificial i guess yeah which it is admittedly yeah. but, uh, the, the the i think the the art form of the knack of it comes when it doesn't seem that it's artificial yeah and that goes for good stand-up comedians too like good stand-up comedians you, you think they get up and they they just talk yeah right that that's not there's a certain naturalness yeah. to it that you you it, they just come on and they just start talking and you're like no it's it's an art form it's been practiced time and time again yeah. but is that feeling of seemingly completely naturalness it's like i'm just gonna tell you the story of something that happened to me last week you know it's really that casual feeling yeah um and you can feel quickly when it feels it's funny saying feels rehearsed even though a, a seamless one has been rehearsed but when it Feels rehearsed. Well, you could, you can, yeah, you can, you, you know, it's almost. In, I, I think most audiences will know it. Yeah. I think your degree at which you know it might change. Uh, for an audience, it might be very obvious when it's, but like for a, a, a performer, it might be. You might start to see 
smaller things that go, ah, yeah, you know, they've, they've got there. They're not far off, but still it's a yeah. little, it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, I think of, because I do mostly improv, um, but I've done also char- a bit of character comedy, like a very amateurish. Um, but I have realized that there is a huge, like, I feel super comfortable doing improv. But when you're transitioning into, okay, I need to remember my lines. Um, at the beginning, I remember doing the mistake of kind of trying to do this piece that I had to remember with the confidence of improvisation. I was like, oh, I can just get the, the you know, the main points I need to get to and just improvise it. And obviously that went terribly bad. <laughs> um, because you are trying to get to point A, to point B, to point C, D, and E. Um, and all of a sudden when you're improvising, you're going on a detour and you're like, how do I get to point B again? And all of a sudden you're in point C instead. And and But then you're trying to remember. So then all of that makes it all feel super uh, just, just not unnatural. Um, and the, the times I've, I've, you know, I've gone like, okay, I'm going to learn this to heart. The irony is that then you can easily remember your steps of how to go point A, B, C, D, but then you have the freedom of improvising between it if you want to. Which is a big difference. Yeah. So I think it's funny how just how, yeah, having misplaced confidence when it comes to going on stage. I don't think it's necessarily misplaced confidence. I think that as a performer, there are just different types of performance and they, they demand different things because... I feel like most stand-up comedians would look at an improviser and go, that's... Well, they'd do two things. One, they say, it's probably not funny. Uh, and then <laughs> two is that it would be like, um, but I wouldn't dare do it myself because it would demand thinking of something on the spot. Um, whereas an improviser usually hates the idea of a stand-up comedy because why would you put yourself through that? Or like remembering things. And then characters even different is even more difficult because you have that mix of learning a performance but then being able to improvise while still a character so as if you were a normal person like as if that was yeah. natural you know that was a perfectly natural person to be um whereas you're not you're you're an actor being that character but you have to be able to be that character either in the moment as your performance but also uh outside of it yeah and that adds a whole different depth of you know, difficulty to yeah it. i hadn't thought of it that way I think I like being ignorant of this complexity. Now. Well, there you are. You've, you've already stabbed yourself in the foot with it. <laughs> so, there. Um, well, we'll just have to do more of it. Yeah, I think so. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done anything on a stage, really. Gosh, yeah. Well, we did have one one quick one in September. That was that was nice while it lasted. Yep. Good fun. Um, but yeah, we'll see whether we come back uh yeah, or if we do stuff online in some format or another. Not not in a typical stage format. I think entertainment in a different... Do our own thing. <laughs> yeah, you have to, I think the the key to any entertainment is, for it being enjoyable is that you use your platform. Appropriately, right? you ca- yeah. You can't, you can't expect that anything that works on stage to work online. It just doesn't. No. It's just such a different experience. But like, what could you do online? So that's going to a depressing note to kind of end with. No, I mean, if you guys would like to see some crazy stuff or. Okay, no, I take that back. Not crazy stuff. I, like, I feel like you crazy. guys are going to send us an email and say, we'd like to see you stick your hand in a bag of cockroaches. And we've <laughs> talked about cockroaches so much. I don't know why you have this accent audience, but you do. Um, I don't know what that was. Um, Unique. I, 
yeah, I, I recant the crazy spot stuff. Um, but yeah, because I'm, I'm reaching that point where, as I said, like, okay, I feel like I need to sink my teeth into something, into something creative, and and who knows? Besides the podcast, the podcast is fun, but we have made a promise to ourselves when we started this, which was zero standards. Yeah, zero standards. <laughs> We'd which like is to what remind we have you kept what we have absolutely kept to i think so it may be hard to tell but this is all recorded in one go and not edited we just add music yeah and um, improvised it's all improvised from that one word it's but you know we said zero standards and we have stuck to zero standards but maybe now we want a standard yeah it's like i'm, I'm craving something like to t- challenge us i mean yeah. i'm not saying boredom and quarantine is going to become a more sophisticated podcast don't get too excited guys uh, no um <laughs> But if you think of any random challenge you can think of for us to do, we are we we can tell you about ourselves. We're two entertainers. That's all you need to know, really. Capable of doing. Well, we don't know. I think capable of being embarrassing without embarrassing ourselves. Like you might feel embarrassed for us, but we won't. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, no shame is what we're saying. Well, okay, that was a fun note to end on. I think we should probably <laughs> wrap it up there. Very well. We've reached our 25 minutes. Um, so, thank you very much for watching. Uh, we have been the Boredom in Quarantine Uh No, not for watching. I have got completely distracted. Where can they find us on the socials? Uh, you can go to Facebook on Boredom and Quarantine, Instagram at Boredom and Quarantine Podcast, or you can send us an email, Boredom and Quarantine Podcast at gmail.com and tell us how much you'd love to see our faces on YouTube, Twitch. I don't know. I'm trying to think <laughs> of things that we could make do uh, and kind of challenges that you'd like to see us do. Um, and yeah, you can catch us on Spotify, on Anchor FM, and all the other things that do Podcasts podcast stuff, except for Apple, because apparently we haven't finished that setup because we're well, said zero standards zero standards again so clearly it wasn't interlinked Alrighty then my dearie cockroaches uh, thank you very much for listening we have been the so we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast podcast until soon bye bye